Welcome, sports fans, to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. The presenting sponsor of the Matt Mosley Show is Central National Bank, your leading independent bank with locations in Waco, Temple, and Austin. Additional sponsors include Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram, Cooper Complete, Heritage Creamery, Schmaltz's Sandwich Shop, and Craig Cherry of the law firm Steckler Wayne Cochran Cherry. And now, ladies and gentlemen, here's Matt Mosley. I'm just Matt Mosley, and uh, it is uh, Monday. Hello to all of you guys. Hope everybody's doing well. Aaron Sexton standing by. John Morris just did his portion of the day, 2 to 3. I'll take you to 4 o'clock, and then game time. Game time comes on. And, um, Aaron, you don't remember this, but I used to do 3 to 6 until I went into a ditch and uh, uh, on my bike and flew off my bike, broke my neck and back. And by the grace of God, I was able to uh, recover from this, have been in recovery. Now, Aaron, in recent weeks, I have rediscovered a love of tennis. I played high school tennis and basketball in high school. I've been playing tennis with uh, one of my old high school pals, uh, my buddy Ryan Thompson. We grew up in Kaufman together. And we had some great battles. And in recent, uh, about the past week, Aaron, I regained something that I thought I would never regain. And that is some strong forehands, some, some ability to – uh, just kind of put games away, and I just all of a sudden was able to tap back into something I hadn't been able to do in years. And as I enter my mid-40s, I was able to put my buddy away in tennis. And, uh, Aaron, I, the sad truth of the matter, though, is that uh, <laughs> yesterday I pushed my luck a little bit. I started feeling a little something in my lower back, lower left hip, and I tried to play through it, and by the evening, and then especially this morning, I was barely walking. So uh, it was a uh, it was something telling me that maybe maybe my recovery from uh, a broken neck and back maybe I was pushing it a little too much. And um, I regret to tell you, Aaron, that uh, my game my tennis game has been put in the shelf, and I don't know. I don't know how long I will be out, but uh, a tennis game that had returned in all its glory has now been, uh, we've had to push pause on it. And, uh, I mean, I was hitting some cross-court winners, had some backhand winners, and then my buddy Ryan Thompson, who's 6'5 and has a pretty good forehand himself, was not able to touch some of my serves. Um, for now, this has all been put away, and uh, my tennis game is in sad shape. So anybody that was maybe lining up in Central Texas to take me on, I was ready to get to the point where I was going to take on all challengers. Anybody, I don't care what you are, 3.0, 4.0, 5.0. I don't care what the USTA said. I was ready to take on whoever wanted to, whoever wanted a piece of me, I was ready. If John Morris wanted to get out there and slug it out with me, if Tommy Barfield wanted to dust off his wooden racket, and get out there and try to take me on, I was ready to do that. And um, But uh, for now, we're going to have to put that away. Aaron Sexton, uh, how are you today, and, and how bad do you feel about my situation, about my tennis situation? Well, it's, you know, it's one of those things that 
when it hits you, it it can be hard to deal with. But it seems like you're dealing yeah. with it okay. And like you said, there were some uh, other circumstances, you know, involved with the, uh, you know, with your uh, bike wreck. So uh, yeah. yeah, you know, it's it's uh, as we age and especially after an injury, it's 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 tough to get back, you know, uh, get back to where you were. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, the great thing is, Aaron, I worried because I ripped off half my mouth in that accident. You can imagine. I thought, was I going to be able to talk on the radio? They had to basically put my entire mouth back together. Oh, wow. And I don't know if this is a good or bad thing, but uh, in time, I, I got the feeling back in my lips and my mouth that I was able to talk again and able to come back on to the radio. Now, not yet in my old time slot. But we shall see. We'll see. But uh, now, hey, three to four. I think in the last year, year and a half since this happened, probably the last year, I've been three to six, and then I think I was 10 to 11, and then three to four. I mean, that's one thing, Aaron, you'll learn about around here. We change things up on you every once in a while. We like to keep people on their toes. But right now, we are two to six every day, and then game time comes on after the Matt Mosley show. And, Aaron, you'll love hearing this. The uh, pregame show will begin the Baylor tailgate show. We're going to begin that first Saturday in in New Braunfels. Um, I'm being told we're going to be fr- doing a road show. And so Barfield and I will be at the tailgate, even on the road. Now, why would Baylor ever agree to go down there to, um, where is Texas State? Does that sound right, New Braunfels? Aaron, does that, does that sound right to you? Um I've, I've never uh, never spent a lot of time there except for uh, Schlitterbahn earlier in my life. But, I mean, they're kind of down there in that in that part of the world. Um, we're going to do a show. We're going to do a tailgate show from the road. And so that will be exciting. And that will be that, uh, that Saturday night, and Barfield and I will be there. And then for all of those home games, I think there are seven home games this year, including the Traders. Um, I think Texas and OU, both of those will be home games. And uh, we will uh, we'll we'll strap it on and be ready to go two hours prior, not only to kickoff, but two hours prior to like the John Morris kickoff show. And that thing's two hours to kick off. I mean, like I so basically four hours before every game, you will hear Barfield and Mosley in the pregame show. And Aaron, just in case you didn't realize this, you'll be a part of that. Okay. You'll be at the mothership kind of running everything and making sure everything's going as planned. So I just wanted you to know, in case you hadn't been told, I bet you'll be right in the middle of this. I'm looking forward to it. I really am. Okay. I mean, I, I hope uh, I hope that is uh, genuine. Oh, yeah. And, uh, okay. All right. Aaron, Aaron Sexton will be, uh, will be there and looking forward to it. Uh, I... Uh, I hate to even bring it up, but but I need to because when breaking news happens, we talk about it and we don't shy away from it. It was another rough day for the old Big 12. The um, story comes down after we were off the air on Friday that I think Max Olson had this. Um, you've heard of his work, Aaron Sexton. Uh, he used to be with ESPN. Now he writes for The Athletic, and he had the story that the Pac-12, the Big Ten, and the ACC were all in talks. Now, what do you look for, Aaron, when you see a story like that? Wait, what's this mean for the Big 12? Where's the Big 12? Where's the Big 
Well, the Big 12 was not involved in this story. And so what it looked like is the Pac-12, Big 10, ACC, the story was that they have been in talks. Now, we don't know exactly what those talks are about. Could that be a voting block to try to check what the, um, what the SEC has done with Baylor, uh, with, with Oklahoma and Texas? Maybe. Maybe it could. Is it a scheduling alliance? Maybe. Maybe it should be. Now, my thought when I saw this was just one more painful reminder that the Big 12 needs new leadership. Now, I think there are probably people at Texas Tech, there are at TCU, are at Baylor, who agree with me. Now, they're not going to just come right out and go, let's overthrow Bob Bowlesby. I like Bob. I've told you that personally, I like Bob. But Bob, you know, this happened on his watch. Everybody got caught flat-footed. They did it uh, behind everybody's back um, while serving on a committee for uh, basically the future of the playoff. Um, Chris Del Conte and others were planning this whole thing, and that's why everybody else has said, whoa, 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 let's hold off on any playoff talk. Well, that playoff's going to happen. 2023 or whenever that is, it's probably going to happen. But I do think some people are like, hey, on one hand, you're doing all this, serving all these committees, and then behind closed doors, you're making all these deals, these backroom deals. So this all happened under the nose of the Big 12, um, the Big 12 commissioner, Bob Bowlesby. Right now, you ask Aaron, and, and Aaron, you've been pretty upfront yourself with that, that this thing needs new leadership and Bowlesby needs to go. And I think you've even said that on uh, to uh, to John Morris, and you've been pretty upfront with it. And I think John was kind of like, "Whoa, whoa, Aaron, what yeah. are you doing? What are you doing?" But that's okay. That's okay. John, John, kind of, you know, John is an employee for Baylor University. He can't just come out there like the two of us can and be like, "Fire everybody, get rid of everybody." I mean, he's got to play this thing somewhat diplomatically. But John knows as well as we do that that once a commissioner is caught off guard. And is uh, it, it looks like this? Um, something needs to happen, and and I, I as I read the story the other day, it, it came flooding back to me that yes, something needs to be done about this commissioner because the Big Twelve looks incredibly weak, and the Big Twelve needs to have a response to all this. And right now, their only response is to look weak. Yeah, he's been reactive to everything since he's since he's been commissioner. Instead of proactive, he's done nothing but basically what whatever Texas wanted to try to keep him in, which, as we can see, ended up not working anyway. So now the Big 12 is suffering because of his bad leadership. I mean, there's no other way to put it. Everything catches him by surprise. He he's every story that comes out about you know whether it's Texas and OU leaving or this possible alliance between the three of the big five conferences, it's it's always a shock to the Big 12 office, and it shouldn't be that way, and it's been that way for a decade. You know, if somebody disagrees with me, and, I, and, I, and Aaron, I'm with you on all that, um, it has been that way for a while. Even the, even the fact that 2014, when Baylor and TCU were betrayed, by a lack of leadership in the conference, not really even knowing 
you know, uh, truly, Baylor obviously beat TCU one-on-one. There was a thought that Baylor should have been declared the outright uh, winner of the conference. And the way the conference put it is like, no, no, we're going to have co-winners, and that's the way we've chosen to do it. And the conference, once again, looked very weak. The leadership looked very weak. It is time to move on. Now, if anybody wants to uh, say otherwise, or they have a point to make on this, give us a call, 254-662-1660, 254-662-1660, or the uh, CNC Collision Center text line, which is the same number, 254-662-1660. We're up and running on that thing, and we like hearing from you, uh, and, and that is where. Now, Aaron, what I did for our show is I dug into some of the TV numbers that are out there, and, and, and this is a very revealing Aaron, you, you put me on, and, and, and I had uh, read it, but, but I was glad you discovered it as well. A few weeks ago, uh, someone came up, and they looked at all these TV numbers. Well, there's some new, there's a new search that's been done. that re- Andy Staples did this, and I was reading it today. Andy used to be with SI. He's now with uh, The Athletic, I believe, and he and I used to do uh, XM shows t- t- together at one point a couple of years ago. But Andy looked at some of these TV numbers. And in, in, in trying to decide why would the Pac-12, Big Ten, and, and other than a voting block, why would they be trying to put, you know, kind of gather together? The, t- the magic number in TV, um, Aaron, is the 4 million club. Now, what does that mean? Well, that's how many, that when you do ratings, like, for instance, a few years ago, there was 2015 or 2019, they were looking at numbers. <clears throat> One of those Ohio State-Michigan uh, games did 16 million eyes, 16 million viewers on ABC. All right, so the, the minimum for one of those, like, big games that, that networks are excited about are 4 million viewers, if you can get 4 million. So they broke it all down between what conferences, who had the most, who had the most of those 4 million games and in, in, in over, and – the SEC, as you would expect, had the majority of them, had a big number. The Big Ten also had a huge number. I want to say, I don't have it in front of me right now, but I want to say it was 35. I mean, I, whatever I'm paraphrasing is very close. 35 for SEC, 29 for the Big Ten and 4 million, and then it went way down, all right, in the ACC and the Big 12, and then the Pac-12 had a measly five of them. And I'm talking about, I'm talking about Aaron, Pac-12 only games. I'm not talking about Pac-12 versus Alabama. Right. Okay? I'm talking about a Pac-12 conference games like Washington versus Stanford. Stanford. Like Notre Dame versus Stanford. Notre Dame versus USC did big numbers. But when you just take how many of these 4 million viewers or more, the, the Pac-12 only had five of them. Even the Big 12 beat them with 12, okay? And who do you think had the most of those? OU. Games involving the Sooners had the most. Texas did was not involved in as many as you would think, even though you would think Texas does huge numbers. Yeah, and you had mentioned the, uh, the article about the possible alliance between the three. I, yeah. I think that... I think that probably has more to do with voting than anything else. I don't know that the Big Ten gets a lot of advantage out of, besides, you know, 
being able to outvote the SEC. I don't know what advantage they get out of you're talking about the TV numbers and how much they drop, especially with the Pac-12. Yeah, I know they have a traditional rivalry with them with the Rose Bowl, but in real terms, what benefit does the Big Ten get out of a scheduling alliance with, you know, Pac-12 teams or ACC teams outside of maybe Clemson and Florida State? It just – it to me, doesn't do a lot for the Big Ten. I think you're right, although I think the Big Ten sneaking, what you said at first is the, is the, most, is the correct thing, a voting block, like do, do all three of those big conferences need to respond to the SEC? And do they knew, need to do it together where there would be the strength in numbers all right, and, and, and see if there's anything they could do on that front? Now, other news over the weekend, Texas Rangers Hall of Fame, Chuck Morgan goes in, and, um, and uh, Adrian Beltre goes in on Saturday night. We had Chuck Morgan on the other day. Uh, Aaron, I like the uh, – I don't know if you got to see any of that, but Michael Young had a good speech, and he talked uh, about how uh, Adrian Beltre was one of the best of all time, had some of the greatest hands and range to ever play the game at third base. And then he said, all while not wearing a cup. And Adrian Beltre famously refused to wear a cup, which is, you know, if you've played any level of decent level of baseball, you know, if you play down there on the hot corner, you're going to get a bad hop every once in a while, especially as you're coming up in Little League and playing high school baseball where the fields might not always be great. Going to get some bad hops. So, you know, early on in my life, I was introduced to the cup, uh, playing second base, the cup opportunity. This is a major league baseball player who refused to wear a cup. So I think all males know how crazy that is, but how funny that is that, uh, that Adrian Beltre, and I'm glad that Michael Young brought that up. All right, uh, I did want to tell you also about Waco's leading private club, the Baylor Club, the epicenter of Waco's civic, social, and business communities at the Baylor Club. Guests enjoy panoramic views of the Baylor University campus, the Brazos River, and downtown Waco. Host your next function with confidence at the Baylor Club and let your uh, the certified event planner handle all your requests with ease. They can accommodate groups of most sizes. And it's just a great place for social gatherings. The membership, well, my friends that are members there, and sometimes they're kind enough to to bring me on. In fact, I'm applying for membership. I think they're voting on me soon. What a beautiful atmosphere. Great place to take your friends. In fact, the, the big last call uh, event they had the other night had 50 new members sign up. A very, very cool event. And, and, uh, and, and kids were involved in that. And just a really, I mean, Sunday afternoons, whatever you, whenever you choose to go by. Also, the bar, the anytime bar and grill where members can dine uh, and enjoy relaxed business and social gatherings, that outdoor patio overlooking the football field, really, really a very, very nice place. I enjoy the Baylor Club, Mike Mosel, that whole group over there do an incredible job. Call the Baylor Club today and inquire about membership, 254-710-8080, to make the Baylor Club your home away from home. 
This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Mike LaPointe. A 30 to 40% chance of a scattered shower, maybe an isolated thunderstorm early this evening. Otherwise, it'll be partly cloudy and very humid. Low temperatures falling to 74 degrees. Look for a mix of sun and clouds tomorrow. We do have a 50-50 chance of scattered showers, maybe a thunderstorm, especially in the afternoon, and a high of 93. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 536 and 9. For your forecast first, plus check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather. This is Dallas Cowboys football 2021. Prescott in the gun. They blitz. Only heard here. here. Deep ball by Prescott. Man all alone at the goal line. CD Lamb. All season. 43 yards. A touchdown and a touchdown dance. Saturday night, it's your Cowboys and the Houston Texans. Live from AT&T Stadium on this Dallas Cowboys radio network station. The Cowboys and the Texans, Saturday night at 6 on ESPN Central Texas. At UBO Business Services, being the premier copier service provider in Texas has its advantages. In production, UBO is the only dealership in North America that can sell and service the Xerox, Iridesc, and Versant lines, as well as Konica Minolta's Acuro Press line and Ricoh's Production Pro 7210SX. In wide format, UBO offers HP's industry-leading line of equipment. Call Sean Hunt at 254-772-1600 or ubeo.com. At CNC Collision Center, they handle any paint or body work job. In fact, they offer a lifetime warranty on any paint and body job they do. But that's not all they do. At CNC, they can take care of all auto repairs. If your AC is on the fritz, let one of the specialists take care of it so you can beat the Texas heat. Need new tires? CNC has what you need and can even install a Rhino bed liner in your pickup. So for all your automotive repair needs, go to CNC Collision Center, 5849 North Highway 6 in Spiegelville. For a limited time, refinance your vehicle and have 90 days with zero payments. Only at Genco FCU. Refinancing lowers your rate and you pay less for your car. You can't pass on rates as low as 1.75% for 48 months. Apply online today. Annual percentage rate subject to change without notice. Subject to credit approval, membership eligibility, and loan policies. Go to GencoFCU.org. NCUA equal housing lender. My money, my future, my credit union. Genco. Matt Mosley show, ESPN Central Texas. Aaron Sexton alongside as we roll through the uh, 3 o'clock hour today. And um, already folks calling in, texting in. Uh, interesting news uh, about the uh, about what's going on with, uh, with these other conferences, ACC, uh, the Pac-12, and the Big Ten uh, talking about a possible alliance. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know if the Big Ten really needs to do that, but there is kind of a strength in numbers type mentality. So we, we will see how that all goes. Um, lots to go for. Uh, Aaron, let's get ready. I, I do want to talk at some point here if we have a little time at the end of this. I want to let folks hear from Dave Aranda because I'd, like I'd like to hear Dave Aranda talking about the scrimmage the other day. Uh, college football, I was looking at some of those uh, week one games, and there's about four top 25 matchups. We're 17 days away. 17 days away from some college football. And as I mentioned, Tom Barfield and I will be on the scene. We're expected to uh, be ready to go for Texas State and uh, get down there and do a little road work. 
Baylor going down. I just San Marcos. I don't know why I was saying New Braunfels earlier. They, you know, uh, Texas State is right down there in uh, San Marcos, where I believe there's the Buckies. And uh, Tom Barfield and I will be right in the middle of it. And I like to get down there. I like to go to New Braunfels sometimes, float the river. It's been a long time, but I like, you know, Schlitterbahn back in the day. Um, like some of those slides and, and everything they had to offer there. But San Marcos, home of what used to be Southwest Texas State, now Texas State. And I don't know why in the world the Bears would have agreed to go down there and play, but they did. So we'll go down there and see what it's like. See what the atmosphere is like. It's going to be hot. Going to be extremely hot. But we're going to be. We're going to have a nice tent. I'm going to wear something somewhat light. I mean, uh, Barfield and I, both guys that uh, we're bigger guys, we we will sweat a little bit. I'm hoping to. By then, I'm hoping to weigh. I'm I'm going to be down to about 205 or 210 by the t- by that first game. And so I'm hoping I'll be able to withstand the heat a little bit better. But. Uh, God, the excitement around that, that day one game, and then some of the uh, some of the uh, uh, the games that day. Aaron, I don't know if you realized it as as we look today at uh, at, the, at the top twenty five, and we're going to look at this AP top twenty five. There were some kind of cool little uh, battles that are taking shape. One of those is the University of Texas versus Louisiana. Okay, the uh, uh, Louisiana checked in at number 23. So, I, you know, when, we, when you put these games together, sometimes years in advance, you don't always know who's going to be ranked, who's not going to be. But uh, I like that guy, Billy. Billy's name. I like that. I really do like that coach, Billy Napier, something like that. I believe that's uh, right, yeah. Yeah, Napier, Napier. Uh, he's uh, the Louisiana coach. Is that the Raging Cajuns? Who are the Raging Cajuns? Yeah, that is. Them. That's them. Yeah. Some of those teams have kind of changed who they are so many times, like La Mama. There's La Monroe. There's La. There's Natchitoches. The uh, whoever they are, the Northwestern State somebody. But now Louisiana is is kind of what they're going by now. And uh, what a good matchup that's going to be, Louisiana and, and University of Texas. Do you think there'll be some schools in the Big Twelve? You know how there used to be people that would always say, Aaron, we root for the Big Twelve. We root for whoever's in the Big 12. Do you think that's gone out the window a little bit with Texas and OU <laughs> announcing their departures? Absolutely. <laughs> I always tell people I have two teams that I root for, Baylor and whoever A&M is playing. Now I have three, whoever <laughs> Texas is playing also. Uh, OU, I, I mean, it's not – it's a big deal that they're leaving the conference, but them being an out-of-state school, it, it just it, – doesn't really dig at me as much as Texas leaving, so, you know. Yeah. Well, and, and, and honestly, Aaron, the uh, part of it is because OU kind of had to do whatever Texas told it to do. Sure. So I think we put more blame on the University of Texas. Hey, it's it's still really bad what the Sooners are doing to uh, to their in-state rival, to Oklahoma State. It's like, hey, we, we love, you know, 80 years or 100 years of playing you guys and love what you guys did with T-Boone Pickens and, and uh, what you've been able to accomplish in the, in the athletic program you put together. We love Bedlam, but screw off. We'll, we'll see you guys later. And they always say, oh, we want to continue to do Bedlam. You know what Oklahoma State should say to that? Whatever. <laughs> I mean, take, take Bedlam and stick it. Stick it right there. Okay, that's, that's what they should say to that. All right, so the top 25 has come out. 
And in, in looking at this thing, one of the things I like to do is look at, okay, who do I think is overvalued and who do I think is undervalued? Now, first off, uh, Alabama came in first. Oklahoma, Aaron, comes in second in the AP Top 25. I find it very interesting. I mean, Spencer Rattler, some people think he's going to win the Heisman. They're loaded at wide receiver. And the Grinch, Alex Grinch, has pretty good defense that he's put together. Do I think they could be overrated? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I mean, because I'd, I'd never trust the secondary at OU. And, I, and I, quite honestly, I don't even always trust um, the defensive line. They've gotten better. They've gotten quicker uh, under Grinch. I think, they're, I think what they've put together scheme-wise is better. But, but I don't I, I think Oklahoma at number two seems a little high to me. Clemson and Ohio State not uh, not shockingly are three and four. Georgia checks in at five. By the way, number three and uh, Clemson and Georgia play each other early in the season. Now that's going to be fun. Number three versus number five. And then Texas A&;M checks in at number six. That is the highest since the heyday of Johnny Manziel and Aaron they had a great run with Johnny and then that follow you know Johnny's senior year there was a lot of excitement around the program with Kevin Sumlin and all those guys and and they were ranked pretty high but uh, uh Aaron it sounds like you're a little bit of an anti-Texas A&M I'm not so much anti I uh, I love uh, we, we got a bunch Central Texas a ton of Aggies so I respect our Aggies I'm with you I love beating them I love the Baylor A&M rivalry that it formed sadly we don't get to see that anymore but uh Aaron Texas A&M at number six does that feel like too high or does that feel about right to you uh it probably feels about right it depends on their quarterback situation but they have some very highly rated prospects um at that position uh otherwise I mean they're pretty loaded team-wise you know up and down the line they've had good recruiting classes the last few years and uh they should be a very good team, and they've got a very favorable schedule. Uh, as, as favorable as it can get for the SEC, they still have, obviously, Alabama, LSU, the Mississippi schools, uh, but they don't have Georgia. They don't have Florida, so they miss some of the uh, big games out of the East that, that, that they get about every two or three years. I think you're right about that. The uh, they're, they're, Other than that Bama game, they really – have an avenue to go 11 and one, and we'll we'll take a long look at that schedule in the coming days. Iowa State is the is the second Big 12 team to play into this. The thought with with having Iowa State that high is obviously a lot of respect for Matt Campbell's program. Also, where they finished last year, they got great tight ends. Um, Brock, the um, the the the. Uh, the quarterback seems like he's been there a long time. Great young player. I mean, just grassy young. He, he really has been there a good while. Tremendous player. Tremendous leader. And um, I, I find that fascinating. Like, if, if you, you talk about adding value to an, a, a, a Big 12 leftovers that have been uh, left in a lurch, have basically at the mercy of poor Bob Bullsby, who was caught flat-footed, Aaron, can you imagine if Iowa State was able to pull this off and win a Big 12 championship and be the top representative and possibly get a playoff spot? I mean, I would have to think that would be great for the Big 12. It would be huge, yeah. It really would. All right, and then uh, I would say the, the rest of this thing, 
Miami's always too high. I think we sort of live in the past with the Hurricanes. They, you know, they're, they're always overvalued at 14. Same thing with the Trojans at 15. Have no clue on LSU. I thought LSU was in position to become a perennial power. That Miles Brennan quarterback's going to be out. He's hurt, and he's going to be out for the first at least month of the of the season, maybe a month or two. And so they don't exactly know what they're going to have at quarterback. Uh, Indiana at 17. Texas checks in at 21. And then, as I said, Louisiana 23, Utah 24, Arizona State. Seems like to me what happened is they got down there to 20. Uh, and they, they, I'm talking about the voters, the media that are in this thing. And, boy, Werner, I don't know, John Werner, our buddy at Waco Trip, he might be a part of this thing. Uh, Chuck Carlton admitted to voting OU number one. He votes. He represents the, uh, the Dallas Morning News. I thought they got down to number 20, Aaron, and just basically said, oh, we hadn't had enough Pac-12 teams. Let's get some Pac-12 teams in here. And that's where they got Washington, Utah, and Arizona State. I mean, think about Arizona State with Herm Edwards. They got all sorts of, like, probation-type stuff. The NCAA's knocking at their door, although the NCAA is one of the weakest organizations, really, in all the world. Um, But Arizona State at 25 doesn't do anything for me. I mean, if Arizona State wins seven games, it'll be a miracle. Who's next in the Big 12? Probably, I mean, it's it's really, it'd be TCU or maybe, I guess, maybe Kansas State. I mean, I, uh, Baylor could could easily win all its non-conference games and look pretty good, but we still wouldn't know about Baylor early in the season. They w- if they if they upset somebody fairly early in the season, then the Bears could be an attractive team. And again, we don't know what Baylor has at quarterback. We can act like we do, but we don't. I mean, we 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 we've seen Zeno. He had a great performance when he came in late in the. Uh, the game against uh, uh, OU in the in the uh, Big 12 title game a couple of years ago, but we don't know. We don't know for sure, and that's one of the huge questions with the Bears. We do know they have three amazing defensive players, and we'll see how that's going. Aaron, do you have the uh, the Aranda ready? Could we hear a little bit of that? Um, are you are we in position to do that? Sure. Okay, I want to hear. This was Dave Aranda uh, talking the other day, um, and that would have been Saturday, about the his impressions of the uh, scrimmage. Baylor went over there to um, uh, over over there to McLean Stadium and and ran through it, had a night, had a scrimmage. And here's kind of what uh, coach Aranda had to say about that. I thought I thought there was good work today. I thought, you know, initially when we started there was uh, storms in the area and lightning strikes and that, so we st- we stayed in uh, the indoor and um, did some work in there. I had a team run scrimmage along with some special teams work that that was really uh, high impact and a lot of good things. I think offensively ran the ball really well during that time and then uh, cleared up out out this way. So got on uh, the buses and headed on over, you know, initially in the the team meeting talked about, you know, wherever we're at, wherever we're playing, it's a parking lot, it's a practice field, it's an indoor, it's McLean Stadium, wherever we're playing. Let's uh, let's line up and play. You know, we our skills, right? Our talents can adapt to whatever the situation is. I think a little bit of uh, the fight that we've been fighting is it has to be this certain way and have to have these certain reps and that. And so I feel like that was improved, and it was you know guys were intentional about it. So it was you know it was good to see. 
I thought, you know, in the the meat of the scrimmage, right? There there were some really good runs. Um, I think, and to, you know, looking at a hole, probably too far, uh, few and in between. But there were some positive things of things that we've seen throughout the week, um, and it was good to to get that uh, to transfer over to Saturday. I thought throw game wise. Um, there, there was some struggle, whether it was timing or protection or whether it was, um, you know, I think just nerves. I think some of the, you know, practice and ball can spit out and then let's get into a stadium, different environment. I think those were things that, uh, that showed up. Um, but I thought guys battled through it. And I thought, you know, in that second part of the scrimmage, we're able to get some movement and some momentum and uh, a lot of plays. And so the guys were able to fight through a, a lot uh, to get a little and uh, at this stage of it we'll take it you know um, good week uh, this past week was very strong in terms of the work we put in and so we've really got one more one more week of camp um, and we'll end with a second uh, a second scrimmage before we get into uh, you know uh, uh, a different schedule and a mock game prior to our first game all right mock game that will be interesting um, I, I sort of I really appreciate Aranda in in his honesty. It, it it does it worry me every once in a while when I hear that there, there's some nerves involved in playing in an empty stadium a little bit. I'm not I mean I'm not going to come on here and make a huge deal out of it, but I, I just you know if you get on a bus and um, uh, or whatever they did to. to uh, uh, you know, to, to, to get over there to the, to the stadium and kind of maybe simulate a little bit of game day type activity. Uh, maybe for the younger players, I can understand that. They, it, it's been a while since they practiced at the stadium, all of that. You know, I hope that's not hitting the veterans. I, I'd hate to see in an empty stadium Gary Bohannon or Zeno out there feeling a little nervous, okay, because there's going to be a packed stadium pretty soon. And that's going to happen right down there in San Marcos, Texas. And you think those Texas State Bobcats aren't going to come in there looking to, to do something to the Bears? I remember they almost took down SMU a couple of years ago. And they went in there, and, boy, they were upset. SMU shows up, and the Texas State was ready for it. And they almost beat the socks off what was supposed to be a pretty good SMU team. Baylor cannot go in there thinking, okay, we're the Bears, we're Big 12, look at us. Uh, I think this has to be a major chip-on-the-shoulder type team. It really does. And I hope it will be. I mean, I think Bernard and Petrie uh, and even uh, even Apu Aika, to a certain extent, are chip-on-the-shoulder type players. Now, Aika is more of a fun-loving, I mean, he likes to mix it up, and he's a joker. But on the field, he is an absolute game-breaker. All right? He's a gamer. He's a... He's a game plan wrecker, and, um, and and that's what I like. That's what I like, and that's what I want to see about Apu. I want to see Ika out there doing that and being a part of that. I'm ready to talk to a Rand. I'm ready for him to come back on. Dave and I have a good rapport and love visiting, and uh, you know, cannot wait till he's made available uh, for a little one-on-one activity. All right, kind of miss those days. Um. All right, what we're going to do now is I want to talk to you a little bit about what's going on with the Cowboys. There's an open practice that's happening this evening at 6 o'clock, and I think Dak is going to be available. I'll let you know how much, and I'll let you know about a potential trade brewing 
among the linebackers with the Dallas Cowboys. All of that's next. Recently on Game Time. All right, let's bring in our buddy Robert Flores from MLB Network. It certainly created quite a bit of buzz, not only in Major League Baseball, but really, I think, across all sports and really uh, all sports fans as well. So this is a really unique event. I hope they continue it. I think they're... I think the Cubs are already set to play next year. Game time, weekdays 4 to 6 on ESPN Central Texas. Your body needs essential nutrients to keep you healthy and feeling good. While these nutrients are found in the food we eat, most adults don't get everything they need through diet alone. That's where Cooper Complete comes in. Visit coopervitaminquiz.com and take the vitamin needs assessment. When you do, you'll not only find the right supplements for you, you'll get 10% off your next purchase. That's coopervitaminquiz.com for 10% off Cooper Complete supplements and the knowledge you need to fill the nutrient gaps left by your diet. All right, let's talk about Heritage Creamery. We were out there for a live broadcast. They had their grand opening a couple of weeks ago. Loved it. Loved it. Uh, Blake and Kimberly Batson have done an incredible job out there. And that new location, it's 13701 Woodway Drive. That's Highway 84 and Ritchie Road, right up the hill from that Midway Administration building. Gorgeous view from right up there. And I like that uh, little shopping area up there. It's a neat place. And... Uh, Heritage Creamery is already becoming sort of the anchor tenant up there. Open every day, 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. Already have that location right there next to Common Grounds on the Baylor campus. That's 1125 South 8th Street. Established in 2016, Heritage, an independently owned and operated ice cream shop. They're proud to be grown here in Waco. The mission to provide locally and responsibly sourced delicious frozen treats for the Central Texas community. Feature scratch-made cones, fresh-baked cookies, and homemade ice cream. And they're really fun, man. They do stuff like their, uh, oh, their berry. They, they, they have one that I love. They have some Pops lemonade, and they'll put it with some blackberry ice cream. And they'll make a milkshake out of it. All right? And even some of the money from that one goes to help the bears. That Bear USA group, kind of a bear preservation type thing. Really cool thing that they do. Get you a scoop, pint, float, or shake. Plus plenty of kid-friendly menu options. Um, they use fresh, top-of-the-line ingredients, no additives or preservatives. And remember, that Heritage Scoop Truck is available for caterings. This is the sound of someone taking a free test walk in personally fit arch supports at the Good Feet store. It's music to our ears. Just listen to Deidre. I would tiptoe out of bed because the pain would shoot up my heels. When I went to the Good Feet store, they allowed me to try on the arch supports, and I started sobbing because I had no pain. Stop by the Good Feet store for a free fitting and test walk today. Your good life starts with Good Feet. Stop by today at the Good Feet store in Waco in the Central Texas Marketplace. At UBO Business Services, being the premier copier service provider in Texas has its advantages. In production, UBO is the only dealership in North America that can sell and service the Xerox, Iridesc, and Versant lines, as well as Konica Minolta's Acuro Press line and Ricoh's Production Pro 7210SX. In wide format, UBO offers HP's industry-leading line of equipment. Call Sean Hunt at 254-772-1600 or ubeo.com. ESPN Radio Sports Center. 
I'm Ward Weinsch with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update. The Dallas Cowboys break camp in Oxnard, and Dak Prescott gets an MRI on his shoulder that showed good progress and is still on schedule to be ready for the season opener against Tampa Bay on September the 9th. Cowboys have an open practice today at the Star in Frisco starting at 6 p.m. Family-friendly activities start at 4. The Pac-12 and the Big Ten and ACC have been in preliminary discussions about forming an alliance likely built around scheduling but could possibly be other areas. Astros start a series with the Royals tonight. 7-10 first pitch. And the Texas Rangers induct Adrian Beltre and the voice of the Rangers, Chuck Morgan, into the Rangers Hall of Fame over the weekend. Rangers won their series over the A's and have the day off before starting a series with the Mariners tomorrow night. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Danucci back, play action, looking, sidearms at right side of the end zone. There's a touchdown. That is the rookie Brandon Smith from Iowa with the Cowboys' first touchdown of the summer and the Miller Lite first touchdown of the game. Ah, oh, yes. Cowboys score. Cowboys have their first touchdown. Danucci drops that arm down, whips one in there, back of the end zone. Brandon, who'd they say? Aaron, can you refresh my memory? Brandon, somebody? I think it was number 80. He yeah, came I just dancing. heard it. Now I've already, I can't. I'm trying Brandon to play. Allen. Brandon, no, I think that's a guy who used to play at Arkansas. Anyway. He, he came open across the back of the end zone, and there he was. He threaded the needle, and, uh, and the Cowboys were on the board in uh, the summer. And, you know, who knows what to make of uh, the preseason. Aaron, I brought up a note Friday. I wanted to update this for you. The uh, Baltimore Ravens did keep their streak alive. <laughs> they won like. Like 18 straight preseason games. I forget how many years this goes back. It's the longest streak in the last 25 years. And they, I think they won maybe their 19th preseason game in a row. Big win for the Ravens. Who needs Super Bowls when you could just constantly win preseason games? I love it, man. John Harbaugh loves to win in the preseason. The man likes to get out there and win a preseason football game. So kudos to the Ravens for continuing to win. Now, I've got some Cowboys for you. One quick Baylor note that I wanted to bring up um, for people that have watched Davion Mitchell's career, the great one who helped lead the Bears to a national championship. Tomorrow night at about 9 p.m. Central, I'll double-check that, get you all the uh, – all the uh, what you need tomorrow, I think it's about 9 p.m. Central, though, will be the NBA Summer League Championship game. All right, that will include Sacramento. I believe they're playing Boston in that. But the reason you'll want to watch Sacramento is because they drafted number nine overall, Davion Mitchell. And he's been shooting the three well, passing the ball, stealing the ball a lot. It's been really good. Ish Wainwright plays for Toronto. Now, a lot of those teams will be playing their final game tomorrow. Some of these guys, some of these teams, Baylor's been, had players on. Mr. Dewark, uh, Macy Teague has been playing for Utah. Jared Butler was not signed off. They, they, he wanted to play, but they wouldn't let him because he hadn't done a lot of pre-draft stuff and wasn't quite ready to go physically. So they kept him out of the, of the uh, summer league. But uh, so I'm trying to think of some other Baylor players. Um, 
Mark Vidal will be in action tomorrow night. Ish Wainwright, but for the Portland Trailblazers, Ish Wainwright will be in, and uh, Freddie Gillespie for Toronto. They'll be in action tomorrow evening, and Ish Wainwright's been really good. He had 20 points in a game the other night. Ish didn't score 20 in a game his whole college career, as far as I can recall. Who knows? Maybe he did, but he didn't shoot the ball a lot. He wasn't a great three-point shooter. Um, the other night, though, he went from 20 points, and then I look. I got so excited. I thought, Aaron, I was like, I got to see what Ish does in this next game. And I looked, and Ish went one for 10 from the field. All right, it's going to come and go. It's going to come and go. But Ish was one of those great glue guys. And, in fact, on our show the other day, um, Jerome Tang called him a top three all-time leader. I mean, think about that. They've had Tweedy. They had Gerald, Dugat, all those guys. They had uh, uh, they had uh, uh, GN. They had the great uh, um, oh, U Udo, Epe Udo, a few you know years ago. They've had some great ones, and uh, but he's one of the top three leaders. So a lot to discuss there. And uh, but if you want to watch that, it's tomorrow about 9 p.m. on ESPN. That's a summer league championship, and it'll involve Davion Mitchell. All right, and um, I can't, you know, I've had a hard time, Aaron, understanding your nightly schedule as kind of a single guy. I would expect you to stay up to all hours and and kind of do whatever you need to do. So at least put that on the schedule, all right? I want you to put that down, and I want you to watch Davion Mitchell play in the Summer League Championship game. Is that okay? Yeah, I'm going to check that out. Okay, good, good. Um it is uh, the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. Alongside Aaron Sexton, we roll on. Uh, today at 6 o'clock, the Cowboys will be back in action in Frisco. They start practicing again. They had a couple of days off following their, uh, their uh, game the other night, and they got back together, but this will be the first practice open to the public, first training camp practice. And we will see how much... Before the game the other night, Dak Prescott threw the ball. Looked like he put a little zip on the ball. The MRI Saturday uh, came out clean. Looks like his shoulder is healing nicely. So in tonight's practice in Frisco, it looks like he'll probably be a little bit limited. But it'll be nice to see him out there. Will he be able to participate in maybe 7-on-7? Probably so. Maybe so. I don't know. Maybe just some of the individual drills. Maybe they keep him out of 7-on-7. He has not had uh, a full practice since July 28th. We sit here today on the 16th of August. It'd be nice to get him back out there and let him play a little bit. So Dak Prescott, um, we didn't know exactly how much to worry about that uh, MRI. Uh, the reporters have, for whatever reason, been like, we told you, we told you, he's fine, he's fine. But, hey, listen, anytime you start talking about a second MRI, it's a little bit worrisome. Let's not act like it's nothing. Let's not go around scolding everybody for reacting. It's Dak Prescott. It's a second MRI to the shoulder. It's something to watch. So we will watch, and we'll let you know how much he practices. May just I may just make an appearance out there this evening. May just kind of walk right on in there. But that'll be fun out in uh, Frisco tonight, open practice. Now, things that came out of that uh, preseason. Aaron, I'm not sure exactly how much of this one you were available for. I, um, I watched a, pretty much all of it. Uh, didn't, I'm not saying I'm, I'm not uh, 
thrilled that I did that. But uh, but but fun to continue to see Micah Parsons race all over the place. Uh oh, Aaron. Aaron's going to share how much he watched of this. Aaron, did you watch quite a bit of I the Cowboys preseason game? I did. I was playing poker as the game was on, but I did get to watch uh, quite a bit of the game and. Uh, both Micah Parsons and Keanu Neal both look really good. I don't know how much we're going to see Jalen Smith and Leighton Van Der Esch as the season progresses because those are, I mean, I, I know it's the first preseason game, but just reports out of camp, those are your best two linebackers. Well, and to your point, there was one particular concerning video, and we've seen this before, but it was Jalen chasing on a play from the backside, and uh, he was not making up much ground. And I, I just compared to some of his teammates, the speed's just simply not there. Yeah, I mean, his story is a great story to even come back and have an NFL after a career after the injury he suffered. But, I mean, as far as moving laterally, he just can't do it with any speed or quickness. And it shows, and it's been a big hole in the Cowboys' defense the last couple of years. Yeah, I agree with that. And um, I, it's, uh, it is a strange process to watch. Um, but uh, but he, he had his moments, and now uh, we shall see. Now, the, the other headlines, Neville Gallimore starting defensive tackle, that interior defensive line, it was already a concern because there are people like Tristan Hill that just aren't ready to go. Hyperextended elbow, he's going to be out for a while. That's not great. That's not great. And this is going to put some of these rookies into play, and they're going to have to be ready, whether it be Bohannon or the uh, or the other rookie that they got. It, it, I'm going to continue to have to work on his name. Uh, Anyway, I'm not even going to attempt it, but I will. Uh, I will. I will learn it so I can do it justice. But I would say that's a problem. Other things that were going on around the NFL: Justin Fields was really good for Chicago, running around, using his legs, letting it rip. Trey Lance for San Francisco, second pass of his day. Uh, I mean, he he rolls out left steps up, lets it rip, throws for an 80-yard touchdown, look good. I would say Trevor Lawrence, not great. Um, and uh, so I, I, I would say all those things. I would say, uh, Aaron, in, in my estimation, um, Fields was your best quarterback of all those rookies. Absolutely. And it still amazes me that he fell to number 10, you know, uh, Patrick Tritan had a pick six for the Broncos, and that's great. And he may turn into a Pro Bowl cornerback, but you still got Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater as your quarterbacks when you could have had Justin Fields. It just still amazes me. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's an interesting, interesting way to put it. There's still a lot of Cowboys fans out there that were, uh, were really hoping Sertan would end up uh, with them, and obviously uh, Cowboys were able to trade down and get Micah Parsons. All right, sadly, our broadcast day has come to an end. Um, Tom Barfield is uh, walking down the hall as we speak, almost kind of like a professional wrestling-type deal when he comes barging into a studio, and uh, he's ready to roll. He's got a lot of stuff on the agenda. Aaron, appreciate all your hard work today been a great day 
been a strong day for the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. We will uh, rewind it, do it all again tomorrow at 3 o'clock. Have a great day, everybody. Game Baylor football lives here. Slipping one man. It's Sneed. He's go. into the end zone. Wow, what a move. Shotgun. He's pressured, and he's down. Hit by Bernard. He's ready. Pass is caught.